Welcome back to the Strength and Speed Podcast. I'm your host, Strength and Speed owner, Conquer the Gauntlet Pro, Evan Preparis. I got two other Conquer the Gauntlet Pros with me on the line. Joining me as my co-host, I have dominant CTG Masters athlete, Doug Snyder. Doug, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Evan. And Doug also recently finished a Battle OCR, an OCRWC qualifier run by Sidney Paul Morris. He double podium there, so... Got to put him in the elite, right? Third in elite and second in Warzone, the multi-lap. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. Yeah, awesome. So we'll talk about Big that. Weekend. Yeah, that's huge. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Joining me also, I have one of the newest members of the Conk of the Gauntlet Pro team. I have Scott Wurzecki. Uh, you may remember him from, he came in first in his age group in 2017 at the U.S. OCR Championships 15K. He actually got the first triple podium in Conquer the Gauntlet history. So with, he got second overall in elite. Uh, first Masters and third in Continuum, and that was at CTG Little Rock, the final race of CTG in 2019. Uh, he's also the first person to win an overall elite in Wichita in 2017. Masters was twice this year, I believe, and Continuum in Dallas in 2019. So first person to win first at CTG in all those. Finally, has about 31 OCR podiums and 12 trail road race podiums. They've been competing since 2012. So, Scott, welcome to the show. Hey, uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, me and Scott have known each other for a long time. You're like one of the first people I met in OCR back in 2015. I think you were running yeah. around in a – was it a Fugitive Run shirt or a Battleground shirt at that point? Yeah, at that point I was – yeah, back in the Fugitive Run days. That's where yeah. I was my first team there. Nice. And then you switched to Battlegrounds for a couple of years. Uh, kind of been rep- representing Neptune slash Alpha Racing the last couple – and in addition now, CTG Protein. Right. Exactly. Right on. So let's – we got a lot to talk about this episode. Um, we're going to be covering a little bit of Battle OCR, like I said before. We're going to be talking about the CTG Protein Takeover, which we, as of recording this, was just a couple days ago. So some awesome stuff going on at Modus Ninjas in Kansas City and then ROKC, ROKC in Olathe. Uh, which is where another Conquer the Gauntlet Pro, Jenny Overstreet, works as a fitness director. We'll talk about that, and then we'll talk a little bit about Scott's background, how he got into OCR, and kind of where he's going in the future. And I know he's headed to the Abominable Snow Race this weekend, and so am I. So we'll be seeing him there, and any of you listening will be seeing you there too. Let's start off with Scott. Just tell me how you got into OCR in the first place. Okay, so it was, I guess, back in 2012 when I was just kind of uh, looking for something to do to get myself in shape. I uh, started just running some local 5Ks. And that's kind of where it started out. And then, like like most, I kind of found this race called the Warrior Dash. So I ended up going to that and thought, well, this is, this is pretty fun. <laughs> I got to find some more stuff like this. And then uh, after Warrior Dash, actually, that, that was when I found uh, the Battlegrounds race. So basically my second OCR and the first time I really raced competitively 
at one of these and did pretty well. Went off from there and started looking for more more races to do like that. You've been racing since 2012, and that's a, I mean, that's almost essentially the beginning of the sport, or arguably the beginning of the sport. You know, what's kept you interested in coming back for all these years? Uh, I just really have loved the competition and the progression that I've been just getting, uh, you know, doing, been doing fairly well and getting better and just keep reaching, reaching goals, trying to get and have speed goals for my running and my completion goals for certain races or whatever. But there's always the next goal to look for. What are your goals for, you know, 2020? We got the season coming up. Got to kick it off soon. Um, still trying to figure out some of those, but I mean, I'm doing a lot of uh, CTG races, so definitely want to try to get some podiums there. Um, be doing OCR Worlds in Vermont. Want to see uh, how well I can do there. That'll be one of my A races there. I'm um, still trying to figure out some of my other ones yet, but we'll see. <laughs> right on. Sounds good. And you've been you've managed to do pretty well kind of both in the short distance and then also you kind of straddle the world of endurance. So not quite, you know, 24 hours or it's kind of on the, you know, the far end of your uh, – uh, kind of the outer edge of your spectrum. But, like, seems to be doing well in, like, everything from 5K to about, you know, six to seven hours. So what's kind yeah, of your – part of your successes? Um, just try to kind of try to train for everything. I mean, I definitely specialize more in the short stuff. It's like I've tried, I, I enjoy the longer, like 24 hour races or not, but it's definitely not my I'm not sure if I so much like the recovery periods for those. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I like, I like the, you know, five to 15 mile range, I can go do a race and just be, I'll be good to go and do another race. So, yeah, as opposed to these 24 hour races that might keep me out for a good month or two before I'm really ready to start pushing again. Yeah. The 24 hour recovery period is just, I mean, it's brutal, it, especially like stuff like world's toughest where your, your mileage gets really high and then you have to uh, really take some time off after. So I know Doug recently competed in Battle OCR this past weekend. Doug, why don't you give us a quick rundown of how that went? So it was it was close to three miles long, absolute tabletop flat ground. It was in a, a large park area. A lot of it was kind of a mowed grass. They used geographic features where they could, uh, <clears throat> but most of it, you could see different switchbacks across a, a long field. Um, there was a section of mud along a, a, an area of woods. So nobody came out completely clean, but it definitely wasn't crawling through mud or anything like that. Um, <clears throat> and it was, it was a cold morning for here in the South. You know, it was like in the forties and people were starting off really cold. Uh, about a mile into it, there was a short pond crossing that had two dunk walls. So you hit the pond, go under one, go about another six or eight feet and have to go under the other. And you came out of the water straight up a slip wall that was, uh, I think it was like 16 feet long. So it was, 
it, it was tough on calves and legs because of that cold water and the cold air. Um, things didn't really warm up till late in the morning. Um, but it wasn't bad after the first lap, you know, getting totally warmed up. Uh, the obstacles in battle race are just, just the absolute cutting edge creative, creative obstacles. It's almost a, it's almost like ninja style course, you know, a lot of upper body stuff. Um, you might remember Valkyrie, the obstacle that debuted at, um, Noram last year, which was 45 degree angle up on Olympic rings and then back down, uh, that was out there and a couple others that were kind of spun off of that arms arms pumped out pretty bad here and there partway through the endurance part of that it was definitely necessary to use the the penalty to uh let arms recover what was the penalty for um they had logs you had to carry a log on a about maybe a 200 yard circuit i guess it was kind of like a wooden fence post that was about eight feet long and six inches in diameter so probably about 80 pounds. Yeah, I saw a video of you crushing that and uh, Jason, <laughs> Jason Williams, girlfriend, yes. Brittany, uh, <laughs> not crushing it. I know. She was, they were super long. She was having trouble, trouble picking it up. And it, yeah, it looked it was like awkward. She, she was doing like end over end, like flipping yeah. it before the video got off. Yeah, I saw, I saw quite a few girls who were just kind of flipping it in, end over end, which meant eight feet at a time. But uh, that was probably my second lap, and I was – I was still really hauling butt there, <laughs> so I just grabbed it and ran. So the big talk I saw online was they debuted an obstacle that's supposed to be at OCR World Championships this year, yes. like Stairway Remix or Stairway 2.0, whatever you want to call it. Yes. It's basically Valkyrie, but instead of um, rings, it's the T-bars from like the Force 5 kind of rig that we saw at NORAM uh, yeah. underneath the awning. And, you know, my initial impression looking at it, like initially it's like, oh, that looks harder. And then you start thinking about it and it looks like you could just move sideways up it um, and using like opposing grip and having actual sec- more secure hold than stairway. So what was your thoughts on if it's right. more or less difficult than stairway? And yeah. Right. Um, <clears throat> I actually put together a little video that that'll go into a Technique Tuesday with Conquer the Gauntlet Pro Team on, on ways to do it. So, uh, first off, the angle and stuff is the same as Valkyrie, and uh, and the spacing is pretty similar to Valkyrie. Uh, however, you don't have that nice, comfortable grip of wrapping your hand around an Olympic ring. Each of the T's on those those T bars that hang down, which do swing uh, one way, you know, it's like a hinge. It's about a two inch by four inch steel tube, so your hands are flat on top of it. You, unless you're kind of chicken winging, there's no way to wrap your hand around those. I found out real quick, you do, like you said, want to turn kind of sideways and put your hand past it, you know, and grab back towards yourself so that you can close your other hand against the same one and, and match hands on it, each one because they're, they're pretty smooth. They're not textured like with a you know, a powder coat. It's just like a spray paint on smooth metal. The only break you get is at the top where you make the transition to come back down. That's a, a two inch by two inch tube. 
Um, so you do get your hand around it and feel a little bit more secure, but, but you have to, for me, it was kind of this weird mental thing to, to reverse the moves coming down because I, I found myself like off balance, like one hand wanted to go to one side of the T and the other hand coming to the other side. And then, and then I was in the wrong position for the next one. And I, I found I just needed to take my time and make sure I put my hands where they needed to go, even though it felt awkward. If you can get both hands on each one and pull up to kind of do a chin up against it, so you basically are locked off to reach the next one, it's, it's definitely doable. It gave a lot of people a lot of trouble, though. Yeah, you mentioned something key, matching hands on holds, which is something mm -hmm. I actually do on pretty much every obstacle that involves <clears throat> hanging from your hands. I know yeah. Scott, Scott and Doug are both pretty good at obstacles. What's your, you know, do you, do you guys one-arm things or do you guys match hands usually? What's your technique for getting across? I'm not saying this specific obstacle, but kind of like any upper body obstacle. So, Scott, uh, give me your opinion first. Uh, no, for me, usually if it's something that I can one-handed, I usually will. But if it's something I'm not quite 100% sure of, then, yeah, I'll just do the matching hands. Just play it safe. But just, yeah, it kind of depends on the, if the obstacle is wet or gotcha. how difficult it is. Do you, do you, right. you one-hand cliffhanger, the monkey bars that spin from CTG? It just <laughs> on the way I'm – I kind of I, I kind of don't know what I'm gonna do until I get there. Yet, a lot of the times, but I think a lot of the times there I'll go like sideways and match, yeah. and then on the way down I might do a just do one arm it if it's completely dry, and if I can see actually which ones are spinning. <laughs> you can look at the edges of the bars and you can see the weld marks if they're a spinner or not a spinner, <laughs> right? So yeah. right. secret yeah. tip there. <laughs> um, I, so I match hands and go sideways the whole time and skip. So I take like big reaches. So I like skip every other bar pretty much. Or if I can yeah. tell it's a spinner, sometimes I'll skip it any, like, you know, kind of take, make a judgment call on the movement. What about you, Doug? You've, you've had some real good success and flown through some of the uh, CTG's harder rigs this year. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen the worst of the rigs, I think. <laughs> um, on, on their monkey bars, um, I'm, I'm fine doing one handed moves if they're dry and I intentionally skip the spinners. If I grab something that spins, I'll put both hands on just to play it safe because, you know, the extra five seconds of matching hands is well worth the minute of falling in the water, crawling back out and starting over again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, on on rigs that have like hanging Olympic rings and stuff, I I I love to go one armed and just just try to skip as far ahead as humanly possible. Again, as long as it's dry, it feels like a secure grip. Doug's got some great videos on his Instagram of him doing some Spartan <laughs> obstacles, making them look like I mean just child's play. You know, you're like you like you do like two or three moves and you're across like the entire obstacle. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're um, just had a blank spot what's the one that's the corkscrew handles uh twister twister yeah yeah that was one that if if the things rotate in the right way i can jump out and grab the handle that's in the middle of the first section and pretty much make it to the the middle and then grab one or two more times on the next section and be out of there 
We'll tr- we'll uh, we'll find that video and repost it to the uh, CMG <laughs> Pro Team Instagram or Facebook page, whichever. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I know it's on my Instagram. Yeah, yeah I've seen that. And that's pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I put a lot of stress on my on my elbows and shoulders. Kind of, I guess it was kind of late 2018, maybe going in a little bit in 2019, and so the, this last fall, I I made a real conscious effort to just back things down and and just let my arms rest a little bit because like my mind just pushes me to just keep doing stuff like that and i'm like like i know i can do it but i know i need to take a little break (laughs) so i feel a lot better now and obviously i'm dialed back in and and things feel good again nice very nice now i i know i was looking at some of the coverage of battle ocr again from uh, jason williams and Brittany there and the yeah. top females appeared to be stuck at one obstacle and they were, you know, it was cold, I guess, like you said. So they were laying on yeah. the uh, black asphalt to heat themselves up, yeah. which apparently Brittany stole from a turtle. I uh, got the idea from a turtle, which is genius. <laughs> right. I just, I love seeing I people's ingenuity mid race, but what obstacle yeah. were they stuck at and kind of what was, what was the issue there? What was giving them? Problem? Yeah, that, that was them stuck at the um, stairway 2.0. Okay. They had done a team race on Friday night. I don't know if you were aware of that. It's not. Um, and they – I don't know how many teams there were, but but the girls – several of those girls that were laying on the asphalt in that picture were on a three-girl team who took third overall on Friday night. And I think they had just kind of – they'd been a little beat up from Friday night, and then uh, their grip was taxed with all the stuff that was added to the course after the team race, which was in for the elite heat on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, people were, people were trying to dry their hands more. They're licking their hands to see if they needed to be a little damper. I mean, they were trying all kinds of little things there, um, trying to get just the right grip on that, on that stairway. Yeah. But, uh, there was some chicken winging and, uh, I saw some people starting to throw heel, heel hooks up there and I, I was like, oh, Lord, somebody's going to die. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the heel hooks, I mean, I'm assuming it's against the rule, right? Well, suppose, yeah, it, it definitely, you were not supposed to use feet. But yeah. I think you were allowed to kind of rest. You could take a resting position before you moved forward. Wow. Um, they, were, they were really monitoring it and trying to, trying to cut people a break without just flat out using feet. Yeah, I mean, the, the bad part about feet is obviously, one, if it's a muddy course, you're screwing everyone behind you by yes. stepping an obstacle. And That's then right. The real kind of problem is it puts you in a very unsafe position where your feet are now locked in, and you're, when yeah. your hands give out, you fall head first or shoulder first. <clears throat> or, you know, it's, it puts you in a very yeah. dangerous position, especially if there's not a large body of water underneath you to cushion your Yeah. I, uh, I heard that there was an open heat woman who – was close to the top and she she hung by her knees to let her arms shake out for a minute oh, <laughs> and that terrifying. and the top of that thing's like probably 18 feet high <laughs> that's terrifying yeah yeah it is i thought you were, i was waiting for you to tell her tell me she fell and like no 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 they had a nice pile of hay at the bottom which was plenty to, to cushion like basic falls onto your feet and maybe you know take a hip or something but 
but uh you know head first that's not gonna help yeah now you know you crushed it like we just talked about coming in third elite second and war zone the multi-lap tell me about the finisher or the prize you got for getting on the podium <laughs> yeah so they made um uh, they made these shields that had the the battle race logo on them and they're made out of quarter inch plate steel and the the logo was like cut out and then welded on there so it was another layer of quarter inch steel you know i i came in off one of my war zone laps to do the the elite podium and they they stuck this thing in my hands and like i about fell over because <laughs> it was it was probably a 30 pound piece of metal so so you see some of the podium pictures ever a lot of people laughing and looking stupid because everybody's like struggling to hold these after their grip's been so taxed and forearms are burned out awesome. but it's a very cool award i i just need to make sure that when i hang it i hit a stud in my wall <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true now I know you had a great weekend, but you know me and Scott were in Missouri slash Kansas City, having our own fun. So, Scott, tell me a little bit about you know we did a Conquer the Gauntlet Pro Team Takeover, which we usually do in Conquer Fitness in Tulsa, Oklahoma. However, if anyone's not tracking, Conquer Fitness has closed its doors, uh, so it is no longer open. So we had to move it to a different location. So we chose Kansas City because of KCOCR, and a couple of us are within driving distance of that. So we did a two-day event, and uh, Scott, why don't you take us through what happened Saturday with the CTG Pro Team Takeover? Okay, so yeah, we headed over to the ROKC, the new gym there. So yeah, we did a nice little program put together by uh, Jenny there. We had us, was there like uh, six stations we went through, just a uh, partner switching, uh, things like a uh, sled, sled push bike pull-ups and you know all these other stations we were doing and some running outside yeah ran through those and really uh kind of kicked our butts on that but <laughs> it's a lot of a lot of stuff that we're not used to doing too often yeah the partner workout a lot of it had to do like you know one person would and would be in a static position like a plank or a wall sit or dead hang and the other person would have to do a required number of repetitions and you kind of flip flop back and forth I know we were doing a lot of moves that I used, you know, like the leg lift. We did like a hundred leg lifts to end the, the thing. And it, I was just done. My legs were like, I couldn't even like lift my leg. It was like embarrassing. It was like embarrassing how badly I was doing at the end. So yeah, that was a, that was a good workout. There. I mean, it, was, it was a fun time though. And it was a yeah, really nice uh, gym there. So yeah. The gym is out. insane. That wall, the climbing wall is literally the largest wall I've ever seen. Climbing wall I've ever seen. Like both height wise and width. Like it went down the entire backside of one building, the building down the side and then did like a hook into more. So I don't know how long it is, but it is, or how tall it is, but it is enormous. And the pictures online definitely don't do it justice. So if you're in the uh, Kansas City area, Olathe, I would definitely check out ROKC Olathe. And then after the workout, where do we head to? So yeah, then we got to go over to the the shooting range, uh, do some shooting there. <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, that was uh, definitely a good time. It's something I haven't done for quite a while, so I was like, wasn't sure what to expect. It's like Evan was uh, bringing his arsenal, so <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> what, what we got to shoot. 
What sort of guns were you shooting? So I brought uh, I brought an AR-15 and my EOTech <laughs> my EOTech wasn't working, which I was really upset with, which is really frustrating. I still got to go figure out what was wrong with it. And then huh. my other guns were basically all 45 caliber or 22. So uh-huh. at a para ordnance 45, like a micro compact uh, 1911, and then a P22 uh, 22 caliber pistol. Uh-huh. Uh, and then a what else did I have? Oh, a twenty-two survival rifle, right? So like, the rifle actually disassembles and fits into the stock, so it looks like you're carrying just a stock. And then you take off the back plate and you basically assemble it. And it takes about you know a minute to assemble, and then you can shoot it, uh, shoot twenty-two out of it. A little like you know little plank plinker there. But one of the girls brought a revolver, Melina, and then drawing a blank on his name. Springfield XD 40, I think it was, and a couple of Glocks that he brought. So, yeah, it was fun. We just wanted to add something into the weekend. You know, again, completely optional. People could show up and do as much or as little as they want. They could go to the shooting range or skip the shooting range, whatever. Uh, just wanted something to do to, to kill some time and, you know, give people a reason to come out more than just, you know, doing one workout and then, then heading out. And the, the shooting range was – probably like a hundred yards from the back of the climbing gym, right? It's indoor range, right? Or like literally a hundred yards. Um, I think it would be a bit quicker to walk there than it would to drive. Cause you have to like yeah. go around the block. Yeah. yeah that was that... a lot of fun. And, <laughs> and say it was pretty funny that we actually uh, ended up seeing uh, Jacob Hepner there standing right next to us. <laughs> it's like, I walked in there and like the double take is like uh, talking to Chris Balvin is like, is that, is that Hepner? <laughs> He's like, like holy crap it is it's like fill our audience in, in. <laughs> fill our audience in if they don't know who that is uh so i think he's considered like probably a top five crossfit athlete in the world so actually heard the range monitor there talking to those guys i guess they were there for a like a wedding party or whatever he was uh, asking them so it's like so you guys do uh you guys a crossfit group or something <laughs> it's like uh yeah <laughs> he does a little bit of that i think it's like so that was pretty funny. Yeah, because they all they were all you know CrossFitty, and then we have we're all wearing like OCR stuff, and we're still in like our workout clothes, pretty much everyone. So was, uh, they I guess they they assumed we were part of the same group, but uh, not so much. <laughs> that that was pretty funny. I know he's he's I think local or from Kansas City, maybe. I'm yeah, that's sure. what I heard. That. I guess he's from that area. So then uh, on Sunday we did the ninja competition. So ninja slash OCR. So we went over to Modus Ninja's gym, um, which is on the eastern side of Kansas City. And we set up kind of a, I wouldn't call it a complete ninja because there's nothing super technical in there. Um, kind of the hardest movement we had was uh, three, three or four rings into a vertical rope, into a atomic climbing uh, bomb, into a, another vertical rope. It was a lot of short stuff. So like if your grip failed, you could essentially reset and you only like the moves weren't very far. It wasn't like any like super long rigs and had them run through a competition. If you want to see what that looked like, the videos are up on the CTG pro team Facebook page. We had a tight battle for first uh, and second, and then we had a tight battle for third and fourth. So the, uh, the guy that won Calvin uh, from apex climbing gym and he's, he's light. I think he's like on like 99 pounds, like a hundred pounds right around that. Um, yeah. And I knew he was coming and I knew he'd make it. I knew he'd be doing really well. So I was like, well, yeah, I got to even the playing field a little bit. So I brought my 70 pound rec bag and put a <laughs> 70 pound rec bag carry in there. Um, 
which actually helped him um, because there was another ninja that came who just does uh, a name a guy named Alex Rapp uh, who just doesn't do cardio like pretty much ever from my understanding or doesn't like cardio. I'm not sure which it is. <laughs> Maybe co- probably a combination of both. I think Alex actually moved through the obstacles faster but lost time on the rec bag carry because Calvin is hybrid. Uh, he does OCR and ninja. He's stronger on the ninja side. Yeah, yeah, I think he did surprisingly well on the rec bag. He actually moved through that pretty quick. So Yeah, I, I didn't think he'd – so for the men, we left it on the floor, so they had to essentially clean it to get it up. And for the women, it was like preloaded on a shelf that they could just kind of slip it onto their back. And I was surprised at how quickly he got it up off the ground because like I've definitely almost, you know, like pulled a muscle lifting it up off yeah. the ground towards the end of a workout. What, did you just have a run with the rec bag or did it go through some balance or something? That was just a run. It's kind of like okay. a, I don't know, 50 meter run. Gotcha. Something like that. Yeah. But super nice. We're going to, I think we're going to look to do another one of those in probably February, March next year, maybe, or maybe late uh, this year, kind of after the CTG or after the OCR season is over. So keep your eyes peeled for that. And uh, the turnout was light on Sunday. So we, you know, a lot of the people, especially on the female side, right? Like if you, if you show up and put out a halfway effort, you'll, uh, you'll be walking away with some prizes. You know, I th- we ended up charging about 15 bucks for people to run the course and uh, they got, I think everyone got their money back in prizes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, plus we had free samples. We had a uh, juice performer there, the cherry and beet juice. We had Ambari samples from Ambari Nutrition. I had a bunch of hammer nutrition samples consisting of gels, the electrolyte fizz tablets, and then the prizes were brought to uh, the athletes by Rock Tape and Squirrels Nut Butter. So essentially, we had a big box of stuff from Rock Tape's website that includes trigger point massage balls and trigger point roll, foam rollers and stuff like that. And the athletes that came in first, second, and third because then she just picked what they wanted from the box. So first got three, three picks, three items. Second got two, and third got one. So, you know. Definitely come out if you're in the KC area or want to uh, come out to KC or drive kind of within a relatively close distance. You know, we, we had a great time all weekend, which is why we planned it for two days and did more than just like a single competition. So you're not driving out just to do one thing. You can hang out all weekend. And, um, you know, next time we'll probably have a after party type thing at my place and people can just chill out in the off season. So it should be fun. Yeah. All right, we're going to start wrapping things up. Before we go, though, we've got a couple of final things to do. One, OCR America 2 fundraiser officially ended. We raised over $7,600 for Folds of Honor, which was awesome. And awesome. Yeah, that's the most I've raised for any of the fundraisers so far by a little over $1,000. So between all the stupid ultra OCR fundraisers I've done, we're at over $20,000 for Folds of Honor, which is pretty awesome. I was pretty, that was the milestone I was shooting for at the beginning of this year um, to, to break this year. So I need, we need 7,500 to do it. And uh, we did that. So a quick shout out to all the people that donated. Uh, I'm going to read the names real quick, and then we will do some fun facts we don't know about each other before we go. So we got a big thanks to all the donor, donors, both people who signed up for the event and then the people who donated online via the Facebook fundraiser. I'm going to read just the names for the Facebook fundraiser but all your donations all went to Folds of Honor. So, you know, Tim Stamper, Rodney Brown, Brenda, Brenda Pierre, uh, Brian Fisher, Linda Ross, Jenny Overstreet, Laura Cox-Ritter, 
Mark S. Trimmer, Kelly Williams, John Casamata, C.J. Emmons, Jeremy Zakula, uh, Michelle Hartman, Liz Dritzis, my boy Sty Corellis, Scott Rzecki, uh Philip Andrew, Ian Pierre. I can pronounce his name better. Ian Pierre. I can't pronounce it. Ian, Ian you know I'm talking about you. Uh, Jake Deal, Julie Estes, Matt Hansen, Michael Booms, Daniel Leonard, uh, Christina Danielle, one of my former soldiers there, uh, Barbara Stone, Jason Williams, Ashley Samples, James McVeigh, Hank Stefano, Caitlin Ritter, Randy Lackey, Anna Landry, Elsa, or Elisa Sertek, William Shell, Emmy Cross, or Imogene Cross there. We got Chris, Highlander Chris, Rick Morando, uh, Linda Leonard, Cynthia Barber, AC Hale, Karen Weller, Lee Stowell, Ben McCall, Andrew Woodward, uh, Brenna Calvert, Hillary Green, Belinda Phillips, Sean Crosswhite, Aaron Showman, Melena Peel, Kevin Milley, and then we got a bunch of repeat donors, Matthew Knight, Kim DeVos, uh, Austin McKelkin, Nathan Palmer, Ben Marr, Tony Wade, Dustin Radney, Trisha Rogers, Chris Miller, um, let's see what else we got. Andrew Saunders, Anthony Zanitti, Adam Bennett, Caleb Maddox, Gabe Lopez, Daniel Leonard, Robert Livingston, Heather Camerata, Will Hicks, Linda Fisher, Devin Fisher, Brian Fisher, a whole bunch more times, Jamie Gillen, Matt Hansen again, Trina Fox. What else we got here? Laura Royster, yeah, Brittany Martinez. Carrie Adams, Sean Booms. I think I think all these other Tabby Wood. I think all these other are doubles that donated. So if I'm, if you donated, thank you. Oh, John, Peter, Paul, Kenny West, Jennifer Clement, Keith Allen, Miranda Huber, Colton Powers. There's a lot of names. Yeah, that's kind of a quick rundown. Um, and if I didn't mention your name and you came to the event, you know, thank you and make sure you check out the Stoke Shed videos because they came out amazing. And then on top of that. If you didn't listen to the OCR American coverage of this podcast, go back and listen to it. Mike Stefano, the host from Obstacle Running Adventures, did a really good job. I think it's the best piece produced of OCR podcast content that's available. So it kind of cuts back and forth between interviews he did and me talking about the day. They came out really, really good and it has nothing to do with me. It's all Mike Stefano's work. So now please check those out because it's him doing all the editing interviews and questioning and all that stuff. And I was just just sitting there running my mouth and he did all the hard work. So please check that out for him. And then you can head over to obstacle running adventures and check out his podcast. All right, before we take off, we should do one, tell us one thing people would be surprised to know about you. So we'll start off with Scott. What do you got for me, Scott? Something surprised me. I don't have anything too surprising, but, uh, uh, I guess I think of is, uh, of course, now, you know, I do a lot of running, but back in uh, earlier days, basically from like five until I was 33, about all I was focused on was pretty much, it's all about baseball. So I played a lot in like Juco ball and other amateur leagues yeah, until right. then. So yeah, and then uh, of course, like in high school, I did do some uh, track, but basically back then, like one mile was like my was endurance training for me back then <laughs> it's a little bit i've expanded a little bit on that now <laughs> yeah so i 
you know, maybe I'll lose some fans for this, but I think baseball is one of the most boring things <laughs> there is. I've heard, I've heard if you condense, if you cut out all the standing around in baseball, but basically do it from when the ball leaves the pitcher's hand to the hits the pitcher, the uh, catcher's glove, or when the ball is basically out of play. I've heard you can watch a game in under 10 minutes. Like there's actually 10 <laughs> minutes of action, but it's stretched, you know, between like people moving around and, you know, the pitcher warming up his hands and whatever he's doing, you know, like it, it takes whatever three hours to watch a game, but it's, ten, it's actually 10 minutes of action. So I could believe That's that. About after it. <laughs> I, I also believe baseball is the only sport where the people watching the game have a higher heart rate than the athletes on the field. <laughs> right. Cause that, that, that they're in good shape. Those athletes, right. The guy, in, yeah. the guy in the outfield, his heart rate's probably like 60 and he's standing around. And meanwhile, the guy <laughs> eating hot dogs and chugging beer is probably at like 120. <laughs> All right. but i you know i've been to a couple of games and i do and i've enjoyed them um when it's a close game a lot of times yes, it's not close bringing in the whole, whole experience <laughs> yeah all right doug what do you got for me uh something not so athletic related um i so i have a sewing machine and I do my own sewing. So like I sew patches on clothes and bags and stuff. Um, I've made curtains and fixed clothes and stuff like that. I guess that's my one secret fact for the day. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't, I don't really hate I'm trying to think of something good related to that. The only <laughs> sewing I've really done was probably – in like uh, home and careers, like a mandatory class I took in um, not college, in high school. And then right. when I went to selection, they make you sew, and uh, I think ranger school, they make you sew on your roster number onto your uniform, which uh, like literally, it's like the saddest thing ever. It takes people all day. <laughs> you have all these military guys who have like never used a needle and thread and they're, they're just fumbling their way through it. And it was shoddy craftsmanship but it uh it got me through the, the two week three week long process there or two month long process so <laughs> it's my those are my sewing stories <laughs> all right and then other than that uh we'll do final shout outs so scott who do you have friends family uh, just, sponsors uh shout out to just the whole uh ctg family and uh and sponsors of the ctg pro team uh to Hammer Nutrition, back with them for year three. And uh, Neptune Heat, I'll be using my uh, Neptune next week at the Domino Snow Race, along with my uh, my blood mitts and my dry robe for after. So. <laughs> nice. You just you just got that dry robe like 40, yes. 24 hours ago. Yeah. <laughs> perfect that timing. Is, it's quite nice. <laughs> yeah. And uh, for those of you going to Abominable Snow Race, if, any, if you listen to this before you go, I will be there. So if you want a set of blood mitts, both lights or extremes, I have them in stock. Uh, just shoot me a message and you can basically pay me ahead of time and I'll, um, I'll tell you how to basically zero out shipping because I'm just going to hand it to you in person. And we are starting to run a little low on lights. So if you're interested in those, uh, order those sooner rather than later. The extremes, we just got resupplied at the end of February. So we got a pretty good amount of those. But those tend to go fast, especially as the season progresses and people start getting worried about Tahoe and the Spartan Championship Series and Ultra Beast and, you know, the one toughest mutter and world stuff as we got going on this year. 
All right, Doug, what do you, uh, shout outs, family, friends, sponsors, et cetera. Sure. Um, I think related to, uh, to battle race, uh, OCR talk did a live coverage of the whole thing. Um, it's Jason Dupree who's down here in Louisiana, I believe. And, uh, and that's part of OCR report. But, uh, if you look at OCR talk on YouTube, you can find the like two and a half hours of live coverage from that race. And it's very fascinating to watch every obstacle being done and some commentary talks to some people, interviews some people. Um, and also the photographer that was there, it's Richard photography. Uh, he does some really creative athletic type photography. Um, he's known better for his gym photography and stuff like that. Uh, so that's uh, yet another idea if you're looking for a photographer. Nice. Yep. All right. On the same line, I'm going to give a shout out to Stoke Shed Productions. So again, yep. they were the ones who covered OCR America too. And the, if you look at all the highlight videos that are on the CTG page, they're the ones who shot and edited those. And one of the big announcements last week, which it was earlier than I was expecting it, was Bobby Ross the and Victoria Ross who own or own and run Stoke Shed there. Uh, so we're, they're going to turn the OCR America 2 footage and then add a lot before and after. And since you make a documentary called Ultra OCR Man, so kind of loosely based on my book. It's almost like a sequel, but not, not really. Uh, you don't need to watch or read one to understand the other. But um, yeah, they're going to be doing a OCR documentary covering some uh, kind of briefly touching on some of my military stuff. And then a lot of them like life slash mindset. So Bobby was with me all weekend, just shooting a ton of footage. I mean, we literally shot for all day, you know, Friday afternoon. And then like all day Saturday, we were shooting video. So the funny part about this, you know, he needs video of if you're working out. So we're going through like all the exercises I do and I can't just do it once because he needs like multiple angles. So like I spent all of sat Friday and Saturday just working out like all day. So I'm super <laughs> sore today. Um, shout out to Apex Climbing Gym because we showed up and they let us use their gym unannounced and had no problem with us recording. We actually recorded one of the interviews in the gym with like Apex in the background, like all the logos and stuff. And then we shot at my local gym where I usually do like regular weight training. I'm not going to give them a shout out because we <laughs> asked to shoot there. They said, okay. Uh, the lady at the front desk said, okay. And then the healthy living director came up after an hour and a half and loudly kicked us out of the gym. Wow. <laughs> she was like, you need to leave. And I was like, all right. So, you know, we didn't make a big deal out of it. We, we already got a ton of footage. We were actually discussing leaving uh, in the next probably 10 or 15 minutes, but yeah, it was, um, it was pretty funny. And then the other thing we did, which uh, my other shout out goes to um, advanced healthcare and sports injury, uh, Kirk, Dr. Kirk Iodice, who I had on the podcast, I don't know, probably about 10 episodes ago. He's a chiropractor who does active release therapy and, you know, taping and Graston method, IASTM, all that good stuff to keep your, your muscles fresh and healthy and, you know, prevent injury and to help you recover from injury. We went there and we shot a bunch of video at his place. And that was awesome. So that he was doing some dry needling and they got like close-ups of these like these big old needles like plunging into like my knee and my back and uh. got some good good some good <laughs> twitches on, out of there. So I think people will really find that fascinating. And they were doing some e stim so they put the needle in and then they uh, run an electrical current through through it to kind of 
help loosen up the muscle there. So great videos there. I can't wait to we edit some of those and, and think we're going to put some of them up ahead of time, but they'll be in the documentary once it's get it, getting ready to release. And we're hoping to get the documentary out in late 2020. So still got a lot of stuff to shoot, a lot of stuff to edit it, and then kind of work through the marketing and uh, actual production and uh, get it picked up by a streaming platform, hopefully. So watch for that. I'm really excited. I think I'm hoping that breaks some ground in the sport. And I like, I'd really love to see similar stuff from other people in the future. You know, we've had some minor OCR, we've had some OCR related documentaries in the past. Like, uh, I don't know if anyone's seen, has anyone seen My Addiction? My, My Addiction with Jesse Bruce, I think it's called. No. <laughs> No, I have not seen oh, that. Oh, it's a good one. So that one's free on YouTube. So I highly recommend going to watch that. Um, okay. It's about Jesse Bruce's background and addiction, basically being a, you know, growing up troubled and uh, getting in and out of juvie and stuff like that. So that's really good. But I get the focus on that is his, you know, his addiction, you know, to drugs and alcohol and his rise from that into OCR and as a business owner of one academy up in Toronto. Um, but it's not like OCR focused uh, versus like the documentary Stoke Shed's making is going to be OCR focused. Um, and then if you've seen, do you see the painted warrior on, I believe it's on Amazon prime. Either of you. Uh, no, I know who he is and I know the story, but I, I haven't seen that. production. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's basically the same for me. Evans. I know who he is, but have not yeah. watched that one yet. So another OCR documentary painted warrior. It's on Amazon prime. Well, I wouldn't call it. OCR. It's more like an art movie slash ultra running movie. The, the Painted Warrior does do OCR. So there are some OCR clips in there, but it was mostly ultra running and mostly art in the film. And then the final documentary that's out is uh, Rise of the Sufferfests. Oh, seen? yeah. That one I've definitely seen. Okay. I've seen that one like six times. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. It used to be on all the, all the planes it'd be on there. So. <laughs> yeah, so that's, those are kind of the three I know about or the three ones yep. that are semi-popular. So, um, and then other than that, it's just been you know, podcast content and article content. I'm really hoping that with like a documentary like this and hopefully in the future, some of that content is a little longer lasting, right? Because podcasts people listen to and then it just gets pushed to the back of the queue, right? They just, you know, after a couple months, people, you get onesies and twosies going back and listening to old episodes, but you know, it's not, you're not getting massive hits on old episodes and same thing with articles uh, versus, you know, documentaries. And I think books are kind of a little more long lasting. So hoping that that sticks around. Speaking of books, Ultra OCR Man out on digital hard copy and audiobook now. And then finally, referring to Dr. Kirk Iodice, we're going to do a Q&A episode. Um, so I am going to, if anyone has any questions for injury, injury prevention, injury recovery, modality, stuff like that, we are going to, um, I'm going to post it in KC OCR first and also on the Strength and Speed page. You can ask those questions and then we're going to answer a couple of them on air in an interview at the end of this month. All right, that's it. I'm tired of talking and I'm sure you're tired of listening to me. Scott, thanks for coming on. And Doug, thanks for coming on. Yep, My thanks pleasure. For Where's the next race we'll see you at, Doug? Uh, let's see. Two weeks, I'll be at Bonefrog Atlanta doing the tier one. Nice. And I know Scott's going to be at Abominable Snow Race. What do you have after Abominable? Yep. After that, I think it might be uh, back to Dallas for CTG. So excited okay. to get that going. I'll be at Abominable this weekend. And then I, next one after that will be, I believe, Casey Timber Challenge, 
which is not an actual race. Uh, it's not a competitive one. But for those of you who are going to do Extreme Timber Challenge in September, which is now an OCRWC qualifier, it might be good practice to go up there and run through the course when it's not for, for race time because that low rig is brutal, <laughs> especially if you've never done it before. It gets, it gets awkward real quick. And uh, last year at XDC, it was like drizzling that morning and you're like trying to get across that low rig from there's like a horizontal PVC pipe. I mean, I, my grip was getting maxed out, just kind of hanging onto that pipe and not moving. So yeah, hmm. might be a good race to come practice up at. I know I plan on going there and Stoke shed plans on covering the event also. So good, good opportunity to see them hang out with them. And um, yeah, so that one's April 19th. It's a week after Catholic Easter. It's actually on Orthodox Easter. So, all right, we're going to take off. I will uh, catch all you guys later. Thanks again for coming on. <laughs> Thank you.